0: You're wearing shorts. I'm wearing shorts. And I don't have my wedding rings. Oh my. Must be summer. (laughs) Must
1: be summer. (laughs) My
0: fingers swelled last night while I was on a walk.
1: Oh And so I was like,
0: I have to, they're like, we're getting stuck on my fingers.
1: That's, that's a lot. Yeah. And I don't know. We all say this every summer. Yes. But it's so hot. It's
0: so hot. And look, Jordan walked in yesterday evening and he was like, it's not even August. Like, it's just June. It's June. And the truth is, like, this morning, kind of sort of, dare I say it, not cool, but, mm-hmm. like, cooler. Yeah. So y- you hate to complain, because I actually don't think it's that hot.
1: Mm, it's, mm, and everybody is always on, like, it's the humidity, right? Right, And, like, it is. It is. We all know. But my
0: door still opens.
1: Okay. The it, back door of the bookshelf doesn't.
0: No, it doesn't.
1: <laughs> I'm always like, is it locked?
0: No, I just kicked it in this morning. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, like, shoulder checked it. Um <laughs> yeah Uh, guys I have hair in my mouth oh
0: um
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't worry about it it's fine
0: um so yeah I just I don't know if I've seen your legs no
1: probably never
0: maybe once
1: maybe once I feel like I was wearing
0: I came to your house one time I was gonna say
1: I feel like I was wearing pajama shorts one time when we recorded at my house
0: soups profesh yep
1: that's so, us, though. We are professional podcasters. Wink, wink. Yeah. We are not.
0: It's uh, summer. It's hot. I had I forgot to put my rings back on this morning. My fingers just swell, and then it makes me... Do yours not? I,
1: I you don't, don't wear, I don't wear rings, rings, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, so as I was taking a walk last night, my fingers started to swell, and I was like, these rings are going to get stuck on here forever.
1: <laughs> that sounded to me so much like George Costanza from Seinfeld <laughs> like these rings baby <laughs> I,
0: am I a George
1: you might be a George
0: who out of that cast am I it's hard for me I to mean say. you're not a Kramer I wonder if I'm a Jerry
1: you might be a Jerry Jerry's more of the everyman character kind of he's like the like antithesis of the everyman in that he is the everyman
0: aging Jerry Seinfeld is a blandly handsome man
1: sure yeah Okay.
0: Nerd with a nose.
1: (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. episode 175 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen and I always forget that there's this like radio tower outside the window.
0: And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia.
1: We've got a special, a very special episode
0: much very like a episode. like a
1: 1980s PSA. I
0: was going to say, it sounds like an episode of Seventh Heaven. Yeah, it's a, a very, very special, special
1: episode uh, from the front porch where we're going to talk to you about drugs and violence. No, um, we are <laughs> going to give you Annie's live interview with Ann Bogle.
0: We're doing it live.
1: We're doing it live. We, we did it live. We
0: did it live.
1: Um, we had a very exciting event um, we did. on Saturday. Um, super well attended.
0: Guys, it was great. If you were there from all over we had people from, look the event to me as somebody who spends a lot of time like putting in effort and planning mm-hmm. an event thanks to obviously Ashley and Olivia and Kate it went off without a hitch i really believe it went super well i hope the audience felt the same way it did pour rain uh, at 4:45 great our doors opened at 5 great so every woman and some men that came just, they were completely drenched. Bedraggled. Just completely drenched. And you all looked so adorable. Like, everybody clearly had dressed up, you know, cute, like, yeah. you know, coming to an event. And I felt sorry for everyone. And I don't yeah. have, we don't have blow dryers.
1: Sorry, everybody. We just have
0: paper towels. So, um, but otherwise, I think the event went swimmingly. And people came from Atlanta, mm-hmm. Orlando. Birmingham. Birmingham. Baton Rouge. I don't even know. So many places. That's a lot
1: of places, none of which are particularly close. No,
0: no, that's what I mean. I mean, because we had a couple of Thomasville folks, we had some Tallahassee folks, and we are always grateful for our local Mm -hmm. listeners and supporters. But it was astounding to me how many people came from, I don't know, all over the South. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Um,
1: We're very excited (laughs) for you to be able to listen to this. We will have some extras um, on Patreon for those of you who support us there. Um, but this is the full interview the full event. Yeah. There's nothing. The the night with Anne Bogle.
0: Yeah. The the first portion of the event was shelf help. Uh So Anne kind of speed dated, (laughs) uh, 55 customers, um, told them what to read next And I think that went great. And then we headed upstairs and did this live podcast. And I will admit, as somebody who planned what we were going to be talking about, it's kind of all over the place. Sure. Um, Because I really just wanted to talk to a fellow professional reader. Exactly. Uh, So we talked about reading slumps. We talked about what you read and drink on your front porch. Mm -hmm. Reading on
1: vacation. We talked
0: about reading on vacation. Um, And I think it was really fun to talk to someone who, like me, went from just somebody who read as Mm -hmm. a delightful hobby. Yeah. Now really does read for work and how that has changed our reading Uh lives. So I think that's kind of the theme of the episode, but admittedly it's live. And so kind of went all over the place. So,
1: and so one other thing that we want to tell you before we kind of just, uh, transition into, into that live podcast, um, love it or loathe it is going to start or is going to air in two weeks um, the book this episode is Crazy Rich Asians.
0: Yes. So this is a backlist title. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who've been craving some backlist, Crazy Rich Asians is a backlist book.
1: Um, TV show coming out soon. Movie. Movie, excuse me. Movie.
0: And the previews look so good. Um, so we decided to read this one for Love It or Loathe It. Um, and yeah, like Chris said, it's going live in a couple of weeks, which gives you guys time. Time to, to list, read the, along. To, yeah, listen, read along.
1: And we will remind you again next week in case you want to. Be reminded.
0: Yeah. Everybody <laughs> wants to be reminded. Everybody wants to remind. Everybody wants to rule the world. <laughs> All right. um,
1: and so I hope you enjoy um, Annie's live podcast with Ann Bogle.
0: Thank you guys. How are you this evening? Welcome Yay. to the bookshelf. Um Anna's gonna, here she comes. Um, we are so excited uh, to kind of provide this mashup of from the front porch and what should I read next? And as Ashley mentioned, we are super appreciative to those of you who came, somebody came from Baton Rouge, uh, there you are, uh, which is very <laughs> exciting, um, Orlando. So we're just thrilled that you came to Thomasville um, and like Ashley said, kind of braved some of our summer weather, uh, welcome to the south. Uh, so we are so glad you're here. We are just gonna have a conversation today about uh, books and reading on your front porch and um i think i'd like to talk a little bit too about reading slumps so what i want to know is we are both i think we both kind of became we were avid readers and now we are almost professional readers to some extent Mm -hmm. so first i want to talk with ann i want to talk with you about how has your reading life changed since modern mrs darcy what should i read next or has it changed is it
2: We want them to like us, Annie. Yes. (laughs) But it has changed. My life
0: has changed. My reading
2: life has changed, for sure. My reading life has definitely changed. But if I ever feel sorry for myself about it, I will not seek comfort from you, I promise.
0: (laughs) I think, for me, my reading life, one comment we get sometimes from podcast listeners is that we don't recommend, Chris and I, we don't recommend a ton of backlist titles, so books that have been out for more than a year or two. And for me, that's primarily because, I was talking to um, a customer earlier tonight, I don't have a lot of time to read those backlist titles. I am too busy reading new books and what's out right now. Um, So I don't know if, I feel like you do a really good job on your podcast and on your blog of recommending backlist books. But that is trickier for me. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you have found that to be true.
2: Well, definitely.
0: So we're talking in early
2: June, and every year on Modern Mrs. Darcy, we put out a summer reading guide in May, and we have since 2012. And Mm -hmm. so every year between, like, November and (laughs) April 15th, I'm reading all new. And I really like it. And honestly, like, it's really fun to be able to read, like, what's coming Mm -hmm. next.
0: Yeah, you feel like you've gotten, gotten away with something. I do. I feel like, <laughs> like I'm sneaky. <laughs> it feels sneaky. But it also
2: really stinks because yes. I'm reading tons and tons of books that I hope you will passionately love. That you will be delighted you found. That you might not have found otherwise. Like I want to find the diamond in the rough. And y'all, there is so much rough. And there is. So
0: much <laughs> <laughs> there is Can I get an amen? <laughs> yeah, there's so much.
2: So without
0: my we fellow. Do the work that you don't
2: Right, right. And I mean, you know, like, cry me a river, Anne, but but sometimes it is work, and not the good kind, the, like, doing your taxes kind. And
0: I don't know, taxes are real bad. <laughs> if you own a bookstore, taxes are way worse. Um, so that Self-employed. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that reminds me, that's another way my reading life has changed, mm. because before, um, I grew up quite the overachiever and if I start something I finish it uh, so I never really dropped a book like like I kept going persevered till the and even if I didn't like it very much and I think that's one way I've really had to adjust especially in the past couple of years and I think you and then Gretchen Rubin is another person who was like don't read books you don't like and I just am a completionist. Like, I want to finish what I start. Um, but in the past couple years, I've really had to know, mm, if I don't like it after a certain number of pages, and I don't have a formula, it's just, did I get bored with this? Then I need to put it down? Um, but I feel like you are way better. I feel like you know when to drop them. I, is that true? I feel like you do.
2: Well, sometimes some days it feels
0: smart, and some days it feels fickle.
2: Okay, <laughs> does anybody here finish books but wish they didn't? Wow, a lot of hands-on. I'm really surprised. Okay. When people do say, like, oh, my gosh, how did you ever get over that finishing thing? Like, it's just math. Like, if you imagine there are people out there like Annie who are reading all these titles or starting all these titles so that she knows what to put on her shelves or what to recommend in this store. You can only finish,
0: what, 100 books a year? Yeah. How many books come out on any Tuesday? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know, 20 to 30, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> well, and more than that. Twenty. The good news, the thing about an independent bookstore, and this is where I'll put a plug, not just for the bookshelf, but for independent bookstores anywhere, is that they're doing the work for you. So you go to a Barnes & Noble or, and all the books are there. And at an independent bookstore like ours, or um, in your various towns, mm-hmm. um, they have done that work. So on a Tuesday when we get new releases, we've narrowed it down to the 20, 30 titles that we really love. So if a book is on our shelves, somebody on our staff has read it, um, or we've read enough about it. Our publisher reps have recommended it. Um, I told Annie she had to carry it. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and told us to. Or, you know, or we listen to book podcasts just like you guys do. Um, I follow Bookstagram just like you guys do. Um, and so that's kind of how we pick what's on our shelves. So that also helps... Um, Because I I was telling Ann earlier, last year I set the goal to read 100 books in a year, and then I think I got to 93, which is pretty good, Uh, but I told my husband never again. I will never do that again. It's too too much pressure, and I felt like I was rushing through some books I really wanted to take my time Mm -hmm. through, and that's another, I don't want to say downside to my new reading life, but it's certainly something about my reading life that changed with the bookstore.
2: Well, we don't want to buy books from a bookseller who doesn't enjoy reading anymore. <laughs> so that <laughs> seems don't worry, like guys. a good self-regulation <laughs> strategy. Yeah, I, I still really like to yeah. read. Yeah. yeah, Well, something that has really helped me set books aside mm-hmm. as opposed to abandon mm-hmm. is I'm a huge believer in a book may be right for you as a person, but it might not be right for you like on a Thursday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so just saying, like I'm just going to put that aside for now, not like never again book, mm-hmm. but just, you know, later. It's not yeah. right for me right now. That's yeah. fine. It has been really freeing because I am also a recovering completionist.
0: Yeah. So here's, okay, here's my thing about that. I feel like I'm that way, right? There's a book that I read recently that I couldn't get into, so I put it aside. But what, what's the likelihood that I'm actually going to pick it back up again? Because I think that's my problem is I think, well, maybe it's not for me right now, but it will be later. But then I put it on my shelf or I put it in my nightstand and I never see it again until six months or a year, and I'm like, I don't think I liked that book. (laughs) So so I think think it's a part of my personality type. Like, once I'm done, I'm done a little bit. It's not great. (laughs) I'm not saying it's a good part of my personality. Um, But I think that when I put a book down, for me, I agree that realistically, I know, well, it might be for me later, Mm -hmm. but but I don't pick it back up.
2: Well, I'm a nine, and you're a five. Yes. I like to leave doors open. Yes. Too many That's doors right. open.
0: <laughs> That's right. And We're and totally I'm totally fine with that. Shut those doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I also want to talk about, because I follow you on Twitter, like I'm sure a lot of you do, and I saw that you had a reading slump recently. Is this true?
2: I was going to say, I haven't been tweeting a lot recently. Yeah, I feel I'm like... I'm definitely having a Twitter slump.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you tweeted recently about a reading slump, and I thought, oh, good oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, like you and your hu- your husband was like, you haven't read in three days or something. And I thought, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. I'm assuming you're not watching Dawson's Creek reruns, uh, But, but uh, really?
2: Yeah. Uh, my husband's never
0: seen it, so I was like, we gotta, we gotta do this. Um, summer goal. Um, so what what do you do when you're in a reading slump?
2: Well, I think I remember what you were talking about. Yeah. So actually, oh, this story isn't nearly as good. But we, we were traveling. Okay. So...
0: And you just... You don't read when you travel?
2: No, I read... No, I have read... We just came from the beach. So, yeah. yeah I read we, a book a day. I was about to say, yeah, the yeah, beach yeah. is where you get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Although, can I just say, like that whole conversation about completing, I finished a book on like Tuesday. I should not have finished. I should have put that down. And I knew it. But did I read it anyway? I did? I had one of those recently. It's a journey. Yeah, yeah I had yeah, one yeah. of those recently.
0: And I think I stuck with it because I just kept thinking it was going to get better. And then it did not. And it did not. And I Honestly...
2: I'd already given it a number in my bullet journal and I didn't want to cross it out. That is the dumbest reason.
0: Well, it's fine. It's not like I
2: don't, I mean, my bullet journal is like half scribbles and scratches and yeah.
0: Well you had read it down. I get it. I and understand. it was just
2: so easy to read because it was so, you know, it like wasn't very substantial, so I could read it really quickly. Yeah. This is not a good thing.
0: <laughs> so when I am in a reading slump and I I understand, it. okay, so you were traveling. Do you have reading slumps? Do you? Yes. Yeah. So my If question- anybody in
2: here not had a reading slump. <laughs> okay. We'll not throw things. But
0: it downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> so when I'm in a reading slump, and people will ask, like, do you listen to the podcast? do when you're in a reading slump and my suggestion and I do take this suggestion like I listen to myself uh, is to read an easy book and Mm -hmm. I I hate that term but what I mean is a page turner like a really good thriller a really good suspense or a good YA book Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what I can or even a children's chapter book um, just to get me back in the rhythm Um, but when we are under high stress at the bookshelf that is when I don't read. This week I have not read. (laughs) 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 This week I have not read very many books. Um, So when do you have a reading, what do you do with a reading slump and when do you have those? Okay, first of all, they are the worst. They are. So, well,
2: I don't know if this is like a subtype of reading slump or if this Mm -hmm. is the definition of a reading slump. We could parse this all night. (laughs) But we have so many books in our house so many books and there are so many titles that I want to read but it's like that feeling of opening the fridge and being like yeah none of this looks good like I can do that with my bookshelves and it's the worst and it's especially bad because I'm aware of how ridiculous I'm being and yet that doesn't make my brain go ooh that one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I wind up because I think you're like me we get a lot of advanced reader copies Uh, Which is really exciting, by the way, and that magic, in my opinion, does not go away. I get very excited when we get a book that hasn't come out yet, and uh, my staff kind of talks about who should take this one home. So I still get really excited about that, but sometimes the stacks get overwhelming, and I find myself, that's also when I'm in a reading slot, Mm -hmm. because it's like Mm -hmm. too many options, Mm -hmm. like decision fatigue is very real for me, so often I will wind up purging them. Like, I'll take them to the little Mm -hmm. free library, or I'll bring them back to the bookshop and say, I can't anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I've got to narrow it back down to just three, and then I can pick from three, Mm -hmm. like that I find a little bit easier Mm -hmm. to digest Mm -hmm. so maybe that's kind of what you're saying too just almost too many choices makes it tough and I'm so bad I
2: do not handle choice well
0: (laughs) so what is your reading slump solution what do you do
2: okay so I have three places in my house I'm a visual person. <laughs> I like to see things. Did you see me downstairs? I really restrained him. I kept my butt in the chair most of the time. <laughs> but I really wanted to be like, take a walk with me in the bookstore. That's
0: let's go, a, let's go browse the section. Yeah, okay, we
2: only fun. did that a few times because Olivia kept, you know. <laughs>
0: She kept you on track. <laughs> I, Olivia does I love all you, ones. Olivia. Yeah. Uh, that's what Olivia does for the whole No, but shelf.
2: I like to see things. Like if it's not in front of me, it doesn't exist. So I have three places in my house where I deliberately keep books okay. that I think my kids do the same thing. Like anybody could do this if they wanted to. You could be like, Anne, that's dumb. <laughs> Don't do it if you think it's dumb. But I have I have a favorite shelf in my library that are just books I really love that I'm a rereader. Like I find it worthwhile to come back to. Mm-hmm. And some of that is like I like to see how things work. Like, I like to see how the author put together a story. And I almost always find when I go to open the first page, I'll be like, that's not how I remember it beginning. Or that's not where I thought that character was introduced. Or, oh, that just, it's not as I remembered. I I really enjoy that nerdy aspect of it. So... Books that I love that are worth reading again, I like to reread. That works for me. So I have a stack of books on my nightstand that are the ones I want to read in the very near future or that are in progress. Mm-hmm. I read multiple books at once. So okay. that helps a lot, too. They have to be different. Yeah. I couldn't read, like, two similar books back to
0: back. I Yeah, I can do a fiction and yeah. a nonfiction at once. But again, I find myself in my new reading life, which is not really new anymore. I've mm-hmm. run this store for five years. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but I find that I can only do. In fact, this year I've made a decision to only keep one book on my nightstand at a time, because again, it just helps with decision. I've got. Don't worry. The drawer is open. Like there's a drawer, and the drawer has my queue. Like remember when Netflix used to have a queue? Like I've got a queue, uh, but I only keep one on top because yep. I just think visual. It just helps me. I don't know. I'm, oh, I also don't like. Will's humor. gonna listen
2: to this podcast, and he's gonna be like, "Anne, I heard
0: a great idea. <laughs> Put those books away." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've got in your nightstand. Nice, I do like. I also like the idea of having a favorite shelf. I again don't reread very much anymore. Um, I reread still on occasion like the book that I've read over and over again weirdly is an old-fashioned girl by Louisa May Alcott it's like one of the only books I've reread multiple times um but I'm not a huge rereader and again I'm gonna blame the bookstore like I just feel like I can't like I don't have I can't do that I don't have time for that nobody wants me to reread they don't come to me for rereading um, they come to me for what to read right now so yeah. what's your other solution what's your third
2: well, because the nightstand and the bookshelf don't hold enough books, I have a book cart.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. My husband probably it's is from really grateful I don't yeah. have a book cart. I think I know what cart you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's been on Instagram. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: So everything that I want to read next, but not now, mm-hmm. is on that cart. And it has a, And some of it is old, and some of it is new. Okay. So some of it is coming out in October, and mm-hmm. some of it came out in 1968. Okay. So I can just look at the cart, and it's highly unlikely that there won't be... Su- unless I'm really, like, tired or hungry. It's <laughs> unlikely there will not be something there that looks good right now.
0: That's smart. I, keep, I do keep a stack... Next to my piano, like a and yeah. it, but it got to the point the other day where I was like, this is a leaning tower of P's situation, and I need to. So I did like my yeah. purge where I took some yeah. to the little free library. But that is a hodgepodge of ARCs, advanced reader copies, and then I also like you all love bookstores, and so when I when we travel, I always buy. It. <laughs> Jordan is like, do you really need to buy this book? We own a bookstore,
1: <laughs> but
0: I like to support my fellow independent bookstores, so I try to buy at least one. But we were at Square Books in Oxford probably a month ago and I had like a stack, and Jordan was like, I don't, you know, I don't want to bother you, but, and and you can buy whatever you'd like, but, but, but you do have these at your store. I I guess, guess. okay, that's fair. (laughs) So so I only bought two. (laughs) Um, You said, you talked about your summer reading guide. I think everybody here is probably a big fan of your summer reading guide, but I would imagine then that you're reading summer books, In January? Like, are are you... So, what does your summer reading look like? They're all reading your books. What are you reading? (laughs) What are you reading in the summertime? Usually, this time of
2: year, it's Jane Austen. Really? So, Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, give me something old. Really old.
0: Ready for something old. um, Is that because you're off of the reading guide frenzy, like trying to fill the summer reading guides? You've been reading new books, so you're ready to find something old and classic. Yeah, yeah. Because I really like...
2: A balance. Because it's fun to read, like, a page-turnery thriller that, honestly, I know. I'm not going to remember anything in six months. Nobody's going to be talking about this book in two years. Like, it's a marketing push. It's all out. It's all buzzy. And then it's forgotten. And I'm okay with that for a day at the beach. Yeah. But not a steady diet of that because then it's just, like...
0: Yeah, and I Why am I not
2: watch Dawson, watching Dawson's
0: Creek? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are reasons. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not proud of it. Uh, no, I, I think for me, uh, customers will come in and they'll ask mm-hmm. for a beach read, and I totally know what you mean when you say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, like, <laughs> I realized this when I, my husband and I attended an event and a, a local bookstore, the Tallahassee bookstore was there which again, my husband was like, we can buy this at the bookshelf. Um, but I wanted to support them. I know what it's like to go attend an event and sell books at an event. So I bought um, *Devil in the Grove. I think that's the name of it. Um, and they were like, oh you know, this is really excellent. It's a Pulitzer winner. I said, yeah, I'm taking it to the beach next week. And they were like uh, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, somebody said, oh, it's a little heavy for the beach. And I was like, no, it's fine. Um, because my family grew up going to the beach and literally every person in my family extended family has a book in their hands and it's a wide range of readers and we're all talking like we don't interrupt each other that would be that would be awful (laughs) 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 but like as we're reading we might say we might talk about a quote that we've read or we might say listen to this Um, and so for me beach reading isn't just light and summer or a speedy thriller even though I do like those things Um, but for me summer reading includes a lot of things. I think I still have, like, leftover high school summer reading. I liked being assigned books to read. <laughs> um, so it felt like I assigned myself uh, Devil in the Grove. Like, uh, I wanted to read that book, um, because I felt like I needed to read it. Uh, but it wasn't—it certainly wasn't typical beach beach book reading. Okay. True crime
2: is hot right now. <laughs> yes, that's true.
0: Oh, it's, it's heavy true crime. <laughs> it's heavy. Heavy true crime. But, um, so I think summer reading for me kind of runs the gamut. I, I also try to pick up books in towns where I'm traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were in Oxford, I picked up a Eudora Wealthy short story collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very influenced by where I'm visiting. And I mm-hmm. and I think when I was on the beach in Florida, it was interesting to be reading um, a book about an awful thing that happened in Florida. So, um, so my summer reading kind of varies, but... I, I'm intrigued by your Jane Austen answer. That was not what I was expecting. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting. But it's because people are reading what you've recommended. And now you can retreat to the books you love. Um, so I guess when you were traveling recently, did mm-hmm. what did you, what'd you pack? Because I think I saw, this might have been a year ago. But one time you traveled and you took a crate, man, full of books. And I was so jealous. Like, you filled your crate. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. We, we, have a, we have a very old car that I just, so I just have a small bag and I have to narrow it down.
2: And I don't eat. The pros and cons of a minivan.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. tell me what you take when you travel. What kind of books?
2: Okay. We do actually take the milk crate. She's not joking. Yeah. yeah, But we have, so I have four kids and a husband and we all read, so we can fill that thing up. Does it
0: all go in the milk crate? And
2: then we went to Barnes & Noble. Okay, And then we went to Sundog and then we went to the bookshelf <laughs> and like we're, we're gonna have to ship stuff home <laughs>
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, you're drowning in them are. Yeah, we are but we you are. came but in a good with way. books too like you traveled with the milk crate already full
2: well you can't well I was about to say you can't get ARCs on your Kindle but you really can yeah yeah we came with the milk crate full actually you know what we did not bring the milk crate this year. It was packed, and then Will unpacked it.
0: Oh, sacrilegious! And put it in a tote bag. <laughs> a tote
2: That's what I do. I have well, it wasn't bag. actually fitting in the car. Like, okay, we need a soft-sided solution. Because <laughs> you can take out the books and, like, shove them in between things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not the nice books.
0: I'm not careful. But the the ones that you already
2: like read by the pool, those can totally get shut. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
0: and I'm not careful with my books. We have a customer, he's on the podcast a lot, and he like won't bend page it. He wants books to remain pristine, and I'm like, no, I bought this thing. I'm ripping pages. I'm like, I know. I (laughs) know. I'm ripping, so I rip, I don't, I, book darts, I would just, I would just buy book darts out of business, so I just rip little, sorry, <laughs> rip little pages, um, don't worry, I don't rip the books in the store, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but what was in your crate, then, I know what you bought here, but what was in your crate to bring, what did you read on your vacation?
2: As opposed to what I ran out in the middle of the week, because yeah. even though I brought 14 books, what I needed wasn't actually in my hands, yeah. I understand. Were we talking about reading slumps? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, what did I bring? <clears throat> Sorry. No. I brought some very beachy reads okay. in the sense you're talking about. Okay. So like traditional beach Traditional. Traditional. Okay. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know. No, but not
2: only. So I brought a few of those. Okay. And one of them I just didn't read because I read three of them. I'm like, all right. You know what they say about like a toddler and their diet? <laughs> that it doesn't matter <laughs> if they have a balanced meal or a balanced day, they need a balanced week and everything will be fine. And I feel like that's that way with my reading life. Like, I don't need a balanced day and I don't need a balanced week, but I do need, like, balanced seasons.
0: That's great. And
2: I, even a week of all that, or maybe it was on the heels of the summer reading guide. It was just a little too much. But I brought the Lola Quartet by Emily St. John Mandel, which um, I was Really, I've read Station 11 like four times and I've never read anything else by her. Mm-hmm. I started last night in Montreal once on Kindle at the pool <laughs> and I just couldn't, wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. It's not abandoned forever. Okay. I'm coming back to it. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> so, but so I took that and I didn't realize that it's set in South Florida oh, where it's sorry. really hot yeah. and there are things living in the swamps that are not supposed to, or the canals actually, that are yeah. not supposed to be there. But it's this investigative journalism little mini mystery.
0: Okay. See, and I like that. a lot of fun. In the summer, so I finished um, Tangerine, and I read it, and I I think what I li- liked about that book was the setting, and I felt like I was in Morocco, mm-hmm. and it's hot and humid, mm-hmm. and so I do like reading books like that in the summer, because I feel like this author can sympathize with my life. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so hot and miserable outside, and I was reading... Um, Gosh, oh, I was reading The New Karen White, uh, which is kind of outside my genre. uh, But it was a kind of back-and-forth tale from like 1950s to modern time, and it took place in um, South Carolina, I think, and it was in the summer. And so I was sitting on my front porch, and I just felt like, this is the perfect book to read right now because she gets it. (laughs) She knows that I'm sweating while I'm reading this Mm -hmm. book. Um, Mm -hmm. So I like to read books seasonally, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's winter, I want to cozy up. Um, but I don't, please do not hand me a cozy book right now. I will vomit. Like, it's too hot, it's too hot. It's too hot for that. Um, so speaking of that, do you, I'm curious, do you have a front porch at your home? I now have a front porch. Oh Congratulations. A
2: covered front porch it's with a big swing. Deal. Yeah, me and too. And Yeah, oh, right. me too. Yeah. We moved a year ago, so this is news. Yeah. Until then, we had the kind of front porch where the man leaves a box and you hope it doesn't rain before you get home. <laughs>
0: front porch that's the reason when we moved to thomasville that was like i had a couple of criteria but that was the main one was i had grown up in a house with a front porch and this sounds so silly but i my brother's bedroom was like near my near the front porch, I guess, and so we would hear, like when we were playing in his room or whatever, we would hear my mom swinging and talking on the phone, and there was something so comforting about that swing creep, does that make sense, like the noise the swing makes, so I insisted, like we needed a house with a front porch, um, and we live in a relatively small home, and so the front porch makes me feel like my home is a little bit bigger, <laughs> um, but do you read on your front porch? I do. Yeah. I do. There's something really lovely mm-hmm. about it, so if you're out on your front porch, what are you reading? And what are you drinking? I'm always curious. I, aren't you curious? I'm always curious what people read and drink on their front porch because those are the two things I use my front porch for. <laughs> <laughs> my plants are dead, but I am I'm reading and drinking. <laughs> and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you read what, when you're outside on the front porch? Okay, I'm
2: drinking coffee okay. or wine. Okay. That is dependent on the time of day.
0: <laughs> Not a morning drink. <laughs> That's
2: fine. I can't do coffee after two.
0: <laughs> I don't drink coffee at all. I'm not awful?
2: Nor wine, right? <laughs> no, I don't really drink wine either. So you're like very southern with your sweet tea. And I don't drink like... sweet
0: tea. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I am pleased to say that I've come around to the Arnold Palmer. Half lemonade, half sweet tea. Uh, so that is what I drink. Or a Coke. And don't give me that diet. And don't give me a Pepsi. I mean I mean a Coke. Um, like a can? Yeah. Okay. In the can. Classy. Only the best.
2: So I used to be a Diet Coke addict. Coke. Not judging you.
0: No, I can't. I can't do Diet Coke. I'm judging you. <laughs> I can't do that. I quit.
2: That oh, good is behind, for you. Four cans a day are behind me.
0: Oh, geez. But it was just better in the can. It is good yeah. in the can. I just drink, I did not want to pour it out. I drink one, and you know what? I never finish it. My staff makes fun of me. there's are just like empty Coke and water bottles throughout the store. They're mine. <laughs> um, but, so I buy the that's why you got to own the place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I buy the baby Cokes. Like, mm-hmm. have you seen those? They're, so they're cute. adorable. Yeah, they're so cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what I drink on my. I always porch. finish them, so I had to quit. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so what are you reading while you're drinking coffee? Or are you somebody on your podcast read? they read a book in the morning yeah. and then a different book in the evening and i'm totally intrigued by that idea that you would read a different a different book at different times a day
2: but doesn't it miss you like cuz i <laughs> feel like
0: i miss it D- despite reading like I don't think I could do
2: it. I don't think I have that okay. kind of self control. This is neurotic. I know, but me either. Yeah. Because despite saying that, I just read like 14 books at once. Mm-hmm. I want to read what I want to read. Not yeah. just because it's 7 p.m. and yeah. it's time to switch. Like, what if I want to know what happens <laughs> that's next? A, well, that's exactly right. Like I, I, listened
0: to that and I thought that's amazing. That's kind of self discipline. Um, it was a, it was a guy. I can't remember his name. Seth Haynes, maybe. Anyway, it was an early episode.
2: He was episode five. Yeah.
0: Yeah, around <laughs> yeah. 130 something. First time caller. Uh, so, so I, I. I listened to that and I thought, I'm going to do that. I'm going to have a morning book, an afternoon book, and an evening book. Never happened. I can't do that.
2: Now, there are some books I read in the morning sometimes that are so slow and thoughtful Mm -hmm. and I'm not awake yet. I do not want to read them any other time. It's just not tempting.
0: Yeah, nonfiction. But if it's something with
2: a plot... Yeah. Then it's yeah.
0: I just my favorite time to read is in the evening. So I really there are two times a day either in the evening right before bed, in which case I'm up far later than I should be. Somebody star. Well, earlier was like I was up till two a.m. reading. And I thought, oh, you're <laughs> <laughs> <coming> over today, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very familiar with that. So I am a I read before bed, um, but when I come home. I like to have a buffer period between mm-hmm. uh, getting home from work and cooking um, or, you know, doing whatever we're going to do the rest of the evening, so I, that's when I read on my front porch. Um, it, soon I can't because I don't have a ceiling fan on my front porch, <laughs> so, so soon this will pass because uh, Jordan doesn't like it when I leave the door open so that the air conditioning flows out. <laughs> I don't know why he's not more supportive of that. <laughs> um, so when I'm on the front porch, I am mostly reading, I think mostly fiction and mm-hmm. And stuff that'll kind of get me between, yeah, that buffer time from working here and then and then cooking dinner or something. Mm-hmm. So that's what I. Made. That's
2: what we do too. We do like a end of day, not quite ready to move into the dinner hour. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just me, but sometimes Will or I, or sometimes when the kids will go out with us. Yeah. And we just yeah sit. Yeah. Have a
0: drink. Yeah.
2: And just like.
0: Like, debrief a little bit. Jordan commutes from Tallahassee, and so I have, and I'm a major introvert, and so when I get home from work, I like that there's about 45 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. where it's just me, and um, I really adore my husband, but he's an (laughs) extrovert, (laughs) and so this way, when he gets home, like, I'm, he said today, like, I'm on my second wind, like, I've gotten my, Mm -hmm. I'm refreshed and ready to Mm -hmm. talk about our days, but that hour I don't always get it but when I do it's really great and that's when I Mm -hmm. sit on my front porch and kind of dive in for Mm -hmm. at least an hour Mm -hmm. um okay I know you already told me you weren't familiar with this, but I want to talk a little bit, just briefly, about the Great American Read because I want you to watch it. I want you to watch it. Um, I we did a podcast episode about this, and, and so I won't go into too much detail. Has anybody seen that The Great American Read? Wasn't it great? Um, it is worth your time. You got to go to pbs.org. I don't work for PBS. You can just you can just go to pbs.org and you can access um, the Great American Read. It's two episodes, about an hour long a piece, and. I loved it. it. It almost made me, I'm not a very emotional person, but it made me almost tearful mm-hmm. hearing these people talk about the books they loved and why they loved them. Um, and some of my favorite books are on the list and then some books that I do not understand are also on the list. And I think that's what makes America so unique. Um, so I was just curious if you had looked at, have you looked at that list at all? Are you I saw
2: it? your lovely display. <laughs> it is lovely.
0: That was Kate. I don't know if she's still here. but she, did. And, she But I
2: did, done. looking around. Because a couple readers, we visited that table together. And so I was looking, looking, like, oh, that's not like the other ones. Yeah. So It's amazing. Yeah. When
0: Chris and I um, recorded an episode about it, We, there are some books that, of course, make total sense. And you knew, like, To Kill a Mockingbird, you knew was going to be on there. Um, but then there are others, I mean, and I'm not just talking Fifty Shades of Grey, but there are others on there that you're a little bit, oh, like, that's different, or I don't know. I, We were intrigued that so many different genres made it on the list. Like Dune or Ready Player One also made it on the list. So I don't know. I just was curious. I know you haven't watched it, but this is my plug. That you need to watch it. And you could watch it as a family. It's so good. good. It'd be great bonding time for you guys. I'm just imagining a family full of readers. I just think you'd like it. So this is my plug uh, for the Great American Read. So noted. Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: I have no, I'm not at all opposed yeah. to watching I anything. Just, look and
0: they've been pushing, or about books. They've been pushing it on booksellers for yeah. like since January. They've yeah. kind of been talking to us about it. Um so I was, I don't know and I wasn't eye about it. I'm a nerd. And I was like, yes, let's do this, PBS. Like, I'm ready for it. Um, and it's been fun to watch customers pick up the list and, like, check off which ones they've read and which ones they need to read. Uh, so it also makes a great kind of reading challenge if you're interested in completing things, like I am. Um, so tell me, in the midst of all of your reading, what are you reading right now? What are you, like, not right now? We're talking. But what are you, what are you, what are you reading this season? This season, yeah, or this this week. What what are you reading? What's on your what's on your nightstand? Your your hotel nightstand. (laughs) Who knows?
2: (laughs) I started the new Kate Atkinson last night. Okay. The one coming out this fall. Okay. It's called Transcription. I might have actually squealed at my computer when I saw that it was finally happening—a new Kate Atkinson book. Um, I tried to give somebody life after life.
0: (laughs) No, you're allowed to talk. Thank you.
2: so, I'm excited for that. And what, I finished the new David Sedaris last night after starting um, it like three months ago. I'm jealous. I haven't read that one yet.
0: I think I'm going to listen to it. My, a lot of my staff has listened to it. It's like
2: so it. inappropriate and yes. so hysterical. That's why I love him. <laughs> so, but also, like, I, I wonder if there should become some kind of warning on it. I don't just mean content warning. But the warning, like, I was reading it at the pool by my husband who just kept smirking at me, because my shoulders were shaking. (laughs) Because I was laughing. He's so funny. And so then I felt so dumb, so I started to laugh, and I'd be like,
0: He, uh, in the book, he talks about Tallahassee, Um, and my staff, we were all laughing that we were all at that reading he was talking about Mm -hmm. in his book, and he's coming again to Tallahassee next year. I'm very excited.
2: That's because he tours all the time. He does, and you know I didn't put that together until he said in the book, I tour all the time. (laughs) He tours all the time,
0: and he sticks around for every person, like, no matter how late they stay, he signs every book, and then he writes thank you notes to the bookstores after I just find him to be delightful, a delightful human being, and genuinely funny.
2: Well, one of the essays about how he likes to mess with people in line and tell them ridiculous things, yeah. and yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: you know who else uh, stays until the last person is uh, Rick Bragg. He will sit and sign every book and talk to you for a long time. <laughs> he talked to every person at this signing I was at recently, and he was delightful to every person. I left the shelf help table with renewed inspiration to read
2: all over but the chat on mm-hmm. audio. Wait, can we go back, like, yeah. 45 minutes to yes. reading slumps?
0: of course. Mm-hmm. When
2: I'm in a reading slump, so we talked about what I do, mm-hmm. but the best thing to get me out of a reading slump is talk to other readers about books. So mm-hmm. talking to you all about reading
0: mm-hmm. is
2: so good for my reading life. Or talking to you. Yeah. Like, well, even... I get, So I have friends that sometimes I'll get texts or Voxer messages that say, I have not read anything good in, like, seven books. Help. Yeah. And, like... You know readers. We can work with that. Like, oh, oh, did you ask for my opinion?
0: Well, and I think it's almost like therapy, right? Like, you just need to talk to somebody. Right, you know, right, right. Like, Annie,
2: you. you don't know how bad it is right now. Like, yeah. seriously.
0: Yeah, and that also, for readers who aren't in a reading slump, is like, a cha- like challenge accepted. Like, <laughs> 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 let's do
2: this. And I don't know if this makes everybody feel better or worse, that I get these messages from bookstore owners. Annie has never sent me a text like this. But I do get messages like this from bookstore owners and authors and people who work in books. Like, it happens to...
0: I, I don't know, but sometimes I wonder if it all And if it happens, doesn't,
2: I want to talk about Anne Lamott. I totally interrupted you. I'm
0: oh, no, I was just going to say, if it doesn't happen. Did you happen, ask for my opinion? <laughs> <laughs> if it doesn't happen, like, I think it happens more to people who have to read. I think we have more reading slumps than the average Joe. I could oh, be wrong I feel about so that. sorry for you. No, I don't want, I don't want, your, I don't want your pity. Uh, but, but I do think, just because you were right earlier, like, yeah. you're, you're digging through, not every book that comes across our desks is the next great American novel. And so I think sometimes that can contribute to a reading slump. Because again, it goes back to, I'm a completionist, so it takes me a couple of days before I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, this is not for me. I need to put this down. I need to start something else. Because there's still a part of me that thinks, no, power through. And I think that, when I'm in a reading slump, it's either because I'm stressed here, or it's because I'm reading a book I really don't want but I'm trying to convince myself I like it. Mm -hmm. And I think as booksellers and bookstore owners or uh, book bloggers or whatever, if we are in the book world a lot, I think that's often the cause of our reading slumps. Talk to me about Anne Lamott. I don't know. What were
2: you Oh, well, Anne Lamott in Bird by Bird says that everybody has to write a really terrible first draft to get to the good stuff. And maybe there's some authors that write really excellent first drafts. But we don't like them very much, and God doesn't <laughs> either. <laughs> no,
0: we want people who. So remind. we don't want to hear
2: about you. I'm never in a reading Islamic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um So I am reading. What am I reading right now? Oh, I'll tell you because you want me to be reading it. Um, I'm reading a place for us. Um, the, it comes out on Tuesday, and it was because yes. yeah. I tried to buy it at Sundog on Tuesday. <laughs> Not out yet. It's, it's past Tuesday. It's out on Tuesday, and if you are a shelf subscriber, it was uh, it was one of our shelf subscriptions this month. Um, but I am really liking it, and I'm so glad because sometimes I have emailed
2: Annie approximately 17 <laughs> times since we talked for the podcast and said, "Have you read it
0: yet?" She, said, just at the bottom yet? of every email, "Have you read it yet?" And I kind of would be like, "I am planning your event." You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the best I can, <laughs> but I did. I started this week, and I am loving it, and I'm relieved because sometimes when somebody you respect recommends a book to you, you there's a lot of pressure because <laughs> you're like, oh my god. There's
2: no pressure. We've Talk. talked before about how we have very different tastes, Yeah, right? we do have very yeah. different tastes. We have some common loves. Look, and yeah. I think
0: the pressure comes from myself. <laughs> 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 I, I hate to do that to myself. Um, but, I, but when people I love or trust, when they mm. tell me something to read, I, I hope I like it, right? I think that's just a human impulse, but I really, I think the writing is stellar, and mm. I... I'm in love with this family already. Mm-hmm. Um, so, good, good recommendation. It's so good. <laughs> I'm very excited.
2: It's so good. Yeah. If you lo- I mean, it depends on what you like. Yeah. If I had a nickel. Um, but you know. But I know what I like. I really like the contemplative, wistful, but not boring stories about people with problems.
0: Dysfunctional families. Yeah, but, but you so you much. like your
2: families a little more dysfunctional than well, I do. Like, I feel like we're <laughs> all <Yeah>. dark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, I don't
2: always go that dark.
0: This I think this is really good. I'm curious. So I'm reading this right now. Mm-hmm. And the next book that I have to read, in fact, I might have to put a place for us down so I can read um, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So we're reading it for our next Love It or Loathe It podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Hunter and Emily have already read it, which means, like, the pressure is on, and I have a confession, which is, I started reading that book a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I put it down, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that I didn't like it, I think it was a, it was, like, wrong time kind of thing, and, I, but I didn't put it, pick it, pick it back up. But you're picking it back up right now. Yes, because I am required to. It's the universe. <laughs> <laughs> because I have to for my job. Um, and I want to see the movie. I really do. The movie mm-hmm. preview looks really good, mm-hmm. so, and, again, there, I, I make my own rules for my yeah, life, yeah. and I, would like to read it before I go see it.
2: Well, I think Roseanne Cash has a line that books have a way of finding their way to you when you need them.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So sometimes I think that's garbage. <laughs> but, but whenever I think like, oh, there's too many books that I want to read immediately mm-hmm. and I'm never going to get to them and I'm going to die with 4,987 titles on my to-be-read list. <laughs> yes. That's what I tell myself to make myself feel it better. It takes the pressure
0: off a yeah. little bit that there's yeah. a little bit of serendipity to yeah. it.
2: I mean, it might be magical thinking, but it does make me feel a little better.
0: No, I I think that's true. I or I hope that I certainly hope I that's hope true. That's true. Um, okay. So we want to open it up to you oh. guys.
1: out strong, but now we're coming up thin. Oh, we cast lots with all the devils of sin. Oh my God, oh my, God, oh my God. From
0: the front porch is a production of the Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books Anne and I talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop.
1: Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. Thank you also to Anne Bogle for her help on this week's episode. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content like some Q&A from the audience that might have happened in this episode, check us out on patreon.com fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened, and I have it.
0: Okay, it's good. It's me this week. All right, good.
1: A woman came in um, while I was dusting shelves, came, went straight back to the register where Olivia was working, and said, I've got a, grand, a house full of grandkids and cannot figure out how to get my DVD player to work. Can you show me which button to press on my remote? And Olivia told her how to change the input on her TV.
0: She came back on uh, Saturday to say that we saved movie night.
1: It was delightful. (laughs) It was one of the greatest things that's ever happened in this store. I love it. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.